Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swole Podcast, your Cobra Kai source for kicking ass. Uh, this intro is nothing. I'm Caleb. I'm enjoying a nice, cold Coors Banquet beer. And I'm Dan. Yeah, and I, 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 fear my mighty ki. Uh, half of everybody who is listening just shut the episode off. Yeah, thanks. Uh, really appreciate that. So uh, we are joined this week by uh, a guest, a full guest for a full episode uh, we're trying this again because I wanted to try it. Uh, we're joined by Julio of the Contrarians podcast. Julio, shalom. Hello, hello. Here I am, ready to learn every single lesson I learned over the past few seasons all over again. Yeah. Uh, Julio, known for having the mightiest kata. <laughs> he, he, sands, he sands the floor better than anybody else I've ever seen. Yeah. If you think that's impressive, you should see him wax off. Not as often as I used to. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm mature. Why don't you get out of the fucking bathroom, Julio, and give someone else a chance? It's my house, my rules. Uh, that's true. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Caleb, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Is any of this anything? Or Almost have we finally not. jumped the shark? Uh, no. You don't see me wearing a leather jacket in the middle of the lake. Or wherever fucking Fonzie was. It was the sea. It I don't care beach. where he was. Yeah. He was somewhere. Unless it was a bull shark. Uh, whatever. But yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, the show's fine. Uh, uh, Julio, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Beautiful Sunday afternoon. Just watched four Netflix trailers that I was not aware of. My, my life <laughs> is enriched. Are you sure about that? That sounds like a mental illness we have. Like, I just wa- I, I got four Netflix trailers and someone just goes like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. We like it. No, you just know what to avoid now. I mean, yeah, kind of. But also, this show needs content, so I guarantee we're going to be watching at least one of those. I, I look forward to letting you telling me, tell me about it, because... Uh... That's what I do. I just let you tell me about most of the Netflix things I will never watch. That's fair. Uh, most people should take that up, including Netflix. Netflix, uh, let us tell people things to not watch. 365 days, parts four, five, and six. Uh, Bring it. I know they're, I know they're coming. I know <laughs> they're, they're going to be here. And I'm going to hate myself as I watch all three parts. Commentaries yeah. next time, please. Uh, as for me, I'm fine. Uh, I just did a guest spot on the countdown, talking about top 10 fist-pumping moments, so hypest TV moments or moments where you were uh, very excited, and uh, it's a very Dan list. Say a very Netflix list? Oh, uh, there's... I, well... So, uh, spoilers to this list. It's a lot of anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of anime. 
you know, more anime that has ever been discussed in the Countdown podcast in 389 episodes. So do do you take a potato chip and eat it? That is not the moment I'm talking about because I'm not a complete sociopath. I'm a sociopath, but not that complete. So, yeah, listen to that. Uh, Let's go into a segment to continue the show. Uh, It's called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. And uh, generally, we start with our guests. So, Julio, what do you have? I have a beautiful uh, purple and white can that says Waterloo Sparkling Water, Blackberry Lemonade, naturally flavored. This is what I do whenever I I feel like drinking a soda. God damn it. I should have had a White Claw because it sounds badass. (laughs) (laughs) White Claw sounds badass. (laughs) Uh, This smells, it's tasting watermelon took a piss. Yeah. <laughs> you better watch yourself. I'm all jacked up on White Claw energy. Oh, man. Uh, we'll get to that show later. Caleb, what do you have? Uh, leftovers. I have the the dregs of my bottle of uh, sparkling wine that I had a couple weeks ago, as well as uh, my last two yinglings. Because, uh, you know, I'm baby proofing the house and working on getting my act together. So I'm getting rid of everything. <laughs> These are all references to Cobra Kai, uh, and I appreciate them. Well, uh, yeah, of I will never have a kid, so that's tr- uh, you. In theory, shouldn't be able to. Yeah, as as I will never forget the stripper riding your uh, newly vasectomy junk, and you just <laughs> being like, "No, please stop." I, yeah, I I appreciate the effort, but could you please not? <laughs> that is not a Cobra Kai reference. Also, that, that is no, not, no, that not is a real all. life reference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I still have sperm. They just don't have anywhere to go. So they're they just I assume spill out into my body cavity. And they're just like free agents roaming around there. And someday I'll get a surgery and they'll cut me open and be like, this guy's just full of sperm. (laughs) I'm horrified of that thought of just like you needing (laughs) like. Like some kind of colon surgery, and then all of a sudden the doctor opens you up, and it's just like gallons of sperm pour out of your body. Yeah, and <laughs> you know that was just uh, you know getting my stomach pumped. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, speaking of Cobra Kai, I have Coors Banquet beer, the only beer drank by Johnny Lawrence, uh, and the only thing that he uses to create saloon doors. <laughs> God, Coors does Coors sponsor Cobra Kai? Oh, 100%. They have cuz like they Johnny Lawrence has made them so much money. Cuz somebody else had to sponsor them. So cuz I heard like multiple brands during during the run length of of season 5 and I'm just like this is very obviously sponsored content. But I don't I I can't remember right now. So uh hey, whatever. So uh, let's get into the rest of the show with uh, the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, And our news story is that Netflix has laid off 30 employees from its film animation department in an effort to streamline the team. Uh, That should be in quotes because that is what was said by Netflix. Julio, they're streamlining the team by laying off 30 people. How feel? 
I uh, I feel like we really don't know. So why panic? <laughs> what me worry? Julio, that's the smartest thing anyone's ever said in regards to any kind of layoffs at any company ever. We don't really know why panic. Yeah, well, I tell you why panic, because we need those clicks. I mean, that's the main reason that this is a headline anywhere. Don't worry, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to Netflix uh, until next week, when the worst (laughs) thing that's ever happened to them happens, and we need more clicks. Yep. I mean, sorry, I'm sure it sucks getting laid off. Hopefully they got decent severance, and uh, I'm sure there's a good chance we'll hear from one of those 30 people. They'll be interviewed by, I don't know, what's what's a clickbaity? Comicbook.com, CBR. CBR. I mean, like. Who the fuck? Oh, Discussing Film? They they don't have a website, (laughs) but I'm sure they'd love to take something out of context from their interview. Yeah. Um, It sucks. It sucks for them. But at the same time, just like, I don't know. I mean, I. Those kinds of decisions are generally not taken lightly, so. I I abstain from judging until I have all the facts. And since I'm not uh, that interested in it, I'm never going to have all the facts. Right. <laughs> Let's you guys <laughs> blow the whole thing open. Uh, Caleb, any thoughts on this? No, I don't really give a shit. All right. That, that's fair. Uh, as for me, I don't even know how big the fucking team is. Nah, like, it's, I have no context for this. So, so. so, like, if it's, you know, less than 100, this is a sizable portion of the team. If it's, you know, just 30 people. If, yeah, if it's 3,000, then it's, you know. That's nothing. So, like, without the context of, like, how big the team is or what these people did, which is the bigger kind of nugget to unwrap there, what did, he, what did they do? Because if they're just like, you know, oh, hey, these are our accounting people from the animation department. And it's like, okay, well, we don't need 30 accounting people for the animation department. Goodbye. Like. What the, what roles did they fill? It was it was the team working on the revival of Buddy Thunderstruck. That's probably true. And also Netflix sources out a lot of animation. So even if these were animators, it's not like, you know, projects are completely dead because of it. You know, Netflix doesn't do a lot of in-house animation. They do a lot. They do some, but they don't do a ton. So uh, don't panic, everybody. Seeing layoffs just means... Uh, better things sometimes. Sometimes it's actually like good to lay off people, and those people will go on to create other things, or they'll go uh, work at the Sheets gas station in their hometown. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, with that, let's get into Downstream and talk about some very hang on, hang disappointing... On, hang on, Go ahead. I have, I have another potential news story. Okay. Um, this is something I just found out that, like, I haven't been able to verify because, like, I forget my password for Disney Plus and like my thing is set up to for TV 14 and under and I can't change it because Disney Plus is ass. But uh, fucking WB Animation, who owns the rights to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, has also leased the streaming rights to Disney Plus. So it's it's on there now. I have no idea if Stone Ocean is on there or not. So that's a thing. Uh. Please hold as I go to the Disney Plus streaming app. I hope I hope I have it available on this tablet. It'd be great. I do. Oh God, there's Bluey. Jesus Christ, kill me. (laughs) 
I just typed in JoJo and there is nothing. Is it filtering out everything that's TVMA? No. Hold on, let me see. I don't know. I googled it and people were like talking about it. So apparently it might be because I can't even see Daredevil. Huh. Can I can I fix this, please? (laughs) Yes, this one. (laughs) Titles. uh, Titles rated TV 14 and below. Okay, that's why. Hold on. Uh, I don't have the password on here. All right. Uh, yeah, Julio, this it's up to you now. I I didn't go that way. I just went to uh the Just Watch app and it lists. Oh, look at you! Well, but it doesn't list Disney Plus. It only lists Disney Plus as in it's on Hulu. But that was already where it was, right? Uh, it was on Netflix. Well, it is on Netflix. It is on Netflix, and I think Crunchyroll. Okay, so it's listing. I think five it might seasons. also be on Hulu. Yeah, it's saying five seasons on Netflix, four seasons on Hulu, four yeah. seasons on Hoopla, four seasons on Tubi. Four Tubi seasons has everything. on Pluto. Two seasons okay. on Prime Video. Yeah. No, okay. just Disney. But that's that's something I thought would be interesting, though, is like if Stone Ocean does also migrate onto Disney Plus, if people would still blame Netflix for it being batch released, because that's how... David Productions, the company that actually makes it, is producing it in in batches. Or if like they would be like, oh, it's also the same way on Disney. Maybe Netflix wasn't the problem the whole time. I I assume it's gonna be everybody still hating Netflix because everybody hates uh, Netflix. Everybody's stupid. That's true. Also, uh, the rumor is that Disney is trying to get into the anime uh, business. They're they're trying to get. And it's still unconfirmed as to whether or not they have them, but the uh, bleached thousand year war uh, arc is in theory up for grabs and Disney is looking to acquire that and was rumored to have acquired it already, but we don't know for sure yet. Uh, So that that definitely makes sense if Disney is making the play into anime to grab something like Jojo. Okay, sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. That's a sort of breaking news. news. Yeah. Uh, so now let's move into downstream and talk about some trailers that Julio uh, doesn't give a fuck about. <laughs> Baby, I can't control the Internet. That's my favorite line. All right. The first trailer that Julio doesn't give a fuck about is for uh, an animated feature called Intergalactic. From the mind of Kid Cudi and executive producer Kenya Barris, Enter Galactic is a story of two young artists navigating the twists and turns of finding love in New York City. Uh, Releases globally September 30th, famously known as My Sister's Birthday. Uh, Ambitious artist Jabari attempts to balance success and love when he moves into his dream Manhattan apartment and falls for his next door neighbor. Uh, Nowhere in this description does it say that this is animated. Uh, but it is. You gotta watch the trailer. Sort of a Spider-Verse aesthetic. I saw the title and my first thought was, I don't have the heart to tell Dan that he misspelled Intergalactic. <laughs> and then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh no, that's okay. You know, I, I, yeah. Don't worry. I If I ever misspell something, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. It's fine. Just tell me. But yeah, um, Spider-Verse aesthetic, I 
it it looks exactly like Spider-Verse in terms of art style. It looks like it's fine, but it also looks like I don't care. Like even coming out of Geeked Week, which is where this was first released, like the first teaser was released, I was very lukewarm on Intergalactic. I was like, oh, it just looks like Spider-Verse and but like everything else about it, I just don't give a fuck. So And I think that it looks fine. <laughs> but are you gonna watch it? I don't know, maybe. Maybe. I don't know what I'm doing in the future. Maybe I'll sit down. If somebody tells me it's good, I'll watch it. If it gets an Oscar nomination, I, I'll just have to sit down and watch it. Like I did with uh, the one about the, the guy that loses his hand. That was oh, on Netflix, uh, right? Hmm, yeah. Oh, I lost, my, I lost body. my body. That's it. Oh, there you go. The hand that lost the body. Yeah. I mean, that was like, I never would have sat down to watch it unless, you know, people told me that it was good, which they did. What did you think of I, it? I it was interesting. I mean, I need to watch it ever again. That is, that is correct. It is interesting, and that is as far as it goes. It was. I appreciate, it, and that was a that was a story. That I'm like, I totally get why you're using animation to tell that story. So this this thing entered galactic. I mean, I guess I don't know. I, it was it was always allowed. You were always allowed to not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there are there are trailers in this little list that I definitely don't give a fuck about. Enter Galactic is not one. I'm just kind of indifferent, but that's right. Not actively indifferent. For example, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That that's as good a segue as any. Uh, yeah, the second trailer that Julio doesn't give a fuck about is for the School for Good and Evil. Do you ever wonder where every great fairy tale begins? Welcome to the School for Good and Evil, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Based on the epic international best-selling series by Saman Shanani, the School for Good and Evil is directed by Paul Feig, oh no, and stars <laughs> Sophia Ann Caruso, Sophia Wiley, Kerry Washington, and Charlize Theron. Uh, best friends Sophie and Agatha find their bond put to the test when they're whisked away to a magical school for future fairy tale heroes and villains. Boy, uh... They keep looking for the next Harry Potter or Hunger Games, and I just don't think they're going to find it. I mean, I'm assuming that the book series has a following, same way that Paul Feig has a following. So it might be a match made in heaven, just not a match that I care for. Yeah. I was, was a couple of weeks I received like this survey about the new Percy Jackson series. I think it's an Amazon show. Uh, Disney. Is it Disney? Okay. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know why you sent me this because I'm not the the audience. Like, I don't care. And you know, there were a lot of questions about the characters and the uh, what I would be interested in. But ultimately, it was just something that I don't care about. I'm not the target audience, and so I can tell you that about this. I'm not the target audience, and that's beyond Paul Feig or you know fairy tales. It's just and this is for you know I think younger people. And or people that really enjoy YA uh, franchises, which right. I'm not. Yeah, that's the thing is this is the next attempt from Netflix for the next great YA series. You know, like Caleb said, Hunger Games, Harry Potter. We, we've been going through this like we're, we're waiting for Chronicles of Narnia at some point. I think that although I think that's going to be a series as opposed to a movie. Or, so this is Netflix's next foray into that. Uh, I think it looks very average 
at best. You're hoping this is average at best and hits, you know, the YA audience that actually does care about it and they love it. And then they just keep you keep making more of it. But I'm 33. I am past the YA point. Like I love Harry Potter for its nostalgia factor now more than I love it for its actual quality. So uh, hopefully this hits the right audience, but I'm not the right audience. And I don't think any of us are the right audience here. That said, uh, you know, beyond all that, when you say Paul Feig, I don't think YA. No. I think uh, R-rated comedies, mostly, so, I don't know, a little puzzle. I think of Ghostbusters nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird to have Paul Feig directing this. Remember and, Ghostbusters? Like, and it, but it makes sense, considering that, like, the big projects I associate him with are Ghostbusters 2016, an entirely female-led vehicle, and Bridesmaids, an entirely female-led vehicle. Also, didn't he do a simple favor? I don't him? think that was him. No, that was him. But he, he did, did uh, the Heat, which uh, you know, two female female led. So like uh, he did Spy, Spy. also. Oh God. Um. So yeah, whatever <laughs> Paul Feig seems to touch, it has to f- feature women for some reason. I don't know if women think he's a good director for women. Maybe he is, but like. Yeah, that's that's something that's interesting is that he's just kind of going from comedy into YA drama. It's it's such a weird tone shift for his career. All right. Uh, The next trailer is for The Stranger, uh, a show about sitting on your hand until it goes numb and then using it to, (laughs) you know. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> yeah, it's the oh, who's that? Who's in the who's in the bathtub with me? <laughs> it's okay. Jesus can't see it. Stop. No, not like this. Anything with this. A small a small circle of seasoned undercover cops must pose as a vast and influential criminal network to catch a murderer who has an evaded conviction for eight years. An undercover cop forms an intense, intimate relationship with a murder suspect while trying to earn his trust and elicit a confession. Is Joel Edgerton the cop or the murderer? I don't I don't know. Nobody knows. The trailer isn't even remotely about this. No. Is it intimate like boinking? Boy, your mind is really in the gutter this week. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It says they have an intense and intimate relationship that usually means like plowing to me i don't know i ain't sure (laughs) but like yeah i didn't get any of that from the trailer it was just like a dude monologuing over top of the trailer the entire time and it was more like vibes than actual plot and i don't like just vibes but i don't like just plot in trailers i like a good little mix of everything where i know what the setup is but i don't have a clue of how it's going to go versus I have no idea what the setup is. I have no clue how it's going to go. And all I'm feeling is just confused as to what this even is. Because imagine if this was playing in front of a movie at a movie theater and you watch this trailer and you're just like, the fuck is this? And it's not like you're excited to watch it. It's just like, I have no idea what that was. I'm never going to watch that. I mean, if you're a big Joel Edgerton fan, you might have been like, all right, I know that guy. 
I love Uncle Owen. He's never led me astray. He killed uh, Obama bin Laden in Zero Dark Thirty. Did you sure. say Obama bin Laden? Osama bin Laden. Oh. I might have. <laughs> unless I said Obama. But either way, he didn't kill him. He was just part of the team. <laughs> he also got burned alive. In, in Star Wars. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. Yeah, because remember oh, when Luke right, comes yeah. back? Yeah, there's Uncle Owen. I was going to say, I didn't dead. watch Obi-Wan yet, but no, that's it. I haven't either. Hope. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, all I know are the movies. You think I'm watching a Star Wars show? Dude, just I, wait for the reveal. They're going to, because we never really, technically, we didn't see him die. We just. That's true. We're going to get an Uncle Owen show. So. Be a Tashi station. Yeah. <laughs> Mon Mothma's back. Oh, God, I hope so. Mon Mothma's my favorite character. And by that, I mean. It's just because her name is Mon Mothma. Uh, they should do like a Star Wars d- version of the show Naked and Afraid, where they have to like cut open tauntauns and sleep inside them for the warmth and shit. I would watch a Star Wars survival show. Probably more like, I don't know. I don't like Star Wars, but I like weird aliens. So. Yeah. All right, Caleb, take us home with the best trailer of the night. Okay. It's the trailer for The Curse of Bridge Hollow. A father, Marlon Wayans, and his teenage daughter, Priya Ferguson, are forced to team up and save their town after an ancient and mischievous spirit causes Halloween decorations to come to life and wreak havoc. Also starring Kelly Rowland, Rob Riggle, John Michael Higgins, and Lauren Lapkus. Uh, a Halloween-hating dad reluctantly teams up with his teenage daughter when an evil spirit wreaks havoc by making their town's decorations come to life. This sounds like a barrel of laughs and looks like one, too. It is John Michael Higgins. There's no way this movie can be bad. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll do his best with the two or three scenes that he has in the movie. That's That's true. This looks a lot like the Goosebumps movie. Yes. From a few years back. Sure. It's a Halloween movie. It's just, uh, does Sandler not have one coming out this year? No, he was too busy filming um, Hustle. No, I'm yeah. too busy filming Hustle to do a Halloween movie. <laughs> Gotta fill that slot. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know I've liked Marlon Wayans in some movies. But I don't follow his career devotedly. How dare you? Like, that's enough for me to watch this one. You monster. How, do you, how dare you not follow Marlon Wayans more? He was in a... This is the Wayans from uh, Rocking for a Dream. So, you know, oh, yeah, in a way, <laughs> yeah. you're already peaked. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I, I'll tell you who else peaked in that movie is fucking Leto. <laughs> Uh, so my take on it is that this looks like a fun, stupid, campy movie for the Halloween time that you can watch with the whole family. So Gerald, plop them kids down on that couch and make them watch this movie. And then they'll be like, Dad, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. And then you yell at them as you get drunk as you watch this movie. And you'll say, well, it's not your choice anymore because you're watching Curse of Bridge Hollow today. Yes. 
Uh, so I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be I'm going to watch it. I'm going to give it like two stars. because I was like, wait, this was campy and terrible. I hated it. I know how this is going to go, but I don't care. I'll just force myself anyway. Life's too short. If I had to watch one of the movies featured in this segment, it would be The Stranger. Only because I know so little about it that there's a chance that it might be good. Yeah. The other three just kind of prove that they're not my cup of tea. So hard pass. I think uh, the this last one, the curse Halloween one, it's probably the one that has the biggest appeal, the biggest chance of uh, being a success. Interesting take. I still think it's going to be the school for good and evil because of the built in fan base for the book. Yeah, but how many people are just writing it off just from that trailer? They're like, nope, not for me. Like this. Me. <laughs> like this one, you know, dad and daughter bonding over Halloween shenanigans. I think that has that casts a wider net, even with sure. our book series. Well, uh, I can tell you, we'll be able to find out uh, shortly within the next couple months whether or not uh, which one has done better. I might cover It'll it. It'll be on the TikTok. stranger. Who knows? Yeah, that'd be hilarious if this is a fucking stranger. That'd be so good. <laughs> Sleeper hit of the fall. Yeah. All right. Uh, so with the trailers out of the way, it's time to get to quick hits and talk about some stuff we watched this week that isn't Cobra Kai or a Peruvian movie. Fuck you, Cody, you fucking nerd! All right, Julio, what have you watched on Netflix this week? Oh, shit, Anything? on Netflix. Besides uh, Cobra Kai, uh, no. You're allowed to say no. You haven't watched anything. Yeah, I didn't watch you're, anything on Netflix. You're uh, busy. It's fair. Sorry to say. Anything you want to talk about really quickly? Uh, I watched... Uh, so I started the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which I've never seen. Fucking why? Because somebody asked me to be on their podcast and talk about oh. it. So I'm like, all right, why not? I mean, they gave me an option. They gave me four different movies. And I was like, I'll go with that one. And what were the other three options? Uh, Arachnophobia, which I've already seen and I have no desire to watch again. Sure. Blair Witch Project, which I've already seen. And I don't really have much to say about that one. And I remember what the other one was. But all right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre seemed like, you know, and I watched the first 15 minutes. And I'm like, all right, I I can roll with this. I can I I can find things to say. Uh, I don't expect it to be, from what I understand, is basically the first Chainsaw Massacre, which, like it or not, it has some sort of iconic status. And then a whole bunch of kind of forgettable sequels that happen to have big names attached to them. So, like, this one has Dennis Hopper. I think the third oh. one or the fourth one has Matthew McConaughey and uh, Renee Zellweger. Um, Isn't that the remake, though? No, uh, no, that's, like, part oh. of the series. The remake has Jessica Biel. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, yeah, a bunch of other people. So anyway, I watched that and I watched Mystic River, but I didn't stream that because I own it. Look at you owning depressing shit. Physical media. Just ready to uh, watch Sean Penn having a breakdown over the murder of his daughter. Is that my daughter? I think everyone's I've never seen that movie. I've seen that scene a million times. It's the meme. It's it's how weird that one of the most heartbreaking scenes in the movie it's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, look at this guy. His fucking daughter died. What a fucking loser. F- fuck yep. you, Poe, you fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, Caleb, what did you watch this week? 
I watched a whole bunch of Fairly Odd Parents, by which I mean I was asleep in a room where Fairly Odd Parents was playing on my TV. Wands and wings, floaty crowny things. So notable standouts, because I, I burned through like three seasons. Uh, so I got the the shiny teeth song from mm-hmm. Chip Skylark, uh, mm-hmm. child superstar. Uh, and I also got a thing that like I had never seen, uh, which is a three part episode called Abracatastrophe. Yes, I uh, this. which is where uh, Timmy to celebrate his fairy versary, uh, which is like one year of being able to keep his fairy fairy godparents secret, uh, gets a magic muffin that lets him uh, make rule free wishes that can warp time and space around him like like a mad god. A monkey gets a hold of it and makes a rule free wish to mm-hmm. turn the planet into ape world. Yep. Uh, so like it's like Planet of the Apes, but they mm-hmm. like redo the intro. So it's like I I just woke up. Like I said, I was I was like dozing in and out as this was playing. Uh, so I woke up during the theme music for the second part of this and it goes Bippy is an average chimp, chimp who no one understands. Yep. Uh, Mom and dad and Vic ape always giving him <laughs> commands. Uh, and then when they do <laughs> When they do like the uh, really mod buff bod peapod hot rod part of the song, it just goes banana, 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 banana. <laughs> and it, uh, it was a fever dream. Yeah, th- that episode's wild. The, the series of episodes is uh, beyond crazy. Julio, uh, I urge you. Uh, actually, I don't urge you. You're like 900 years old. You don't have to watch Fairly Odd Parents ever. It, it sounds like when I hear people talk about Rick and Morty, I'm like, all right. Sounds really weird. I'm sure it's funny. It was on when we were kids and uh, kids in this context for me means I was like 15, I think, when the show came out. So I was like aware of it. And I'm younger than him. So, you know, I was the correct demographic. (laughs) Okay, so you find it comforting Mm -hmm. just because of the nostalgia aspect of it. Yeah, it's something I can just have on and, you know whatever uh actually like a lot of the voice talent for the show is is people that i really like yes like tara strong and tara strong's and everything oh uh quick breaking news alert uh neil gaiman has confirmed that the script writing in vfx work well script is scripts are done and vfx are being being worked on uh for the sandman season two now remember we said several weeks ago that Neil Gaiman has said that they can shop the script around or shop season two around if Netflix does cancel the show. So I feel like it's going to go somewhere. It, it's going to get renewed or it's going to go somewhere else. Uh, and I feel like at this point, Netflix would be foolish to let it go somewhere else. Yeah, you got to I understand, the, you know, they have to look at the cold hard numbers and everything. But I think that every now and then they have to take a shot at letting things grow an audience. And you would think that this is a good bet just based on the built-in audience for it. 327 or no, 372 million hours viewed. That's a lot of hours viewed. Yeah. You know, not everything can be Stranger Things. And I understand that you want to get the next Stranger Things, but you also have to have other stuff. So, yes. You're right. 
Uh, and that's why they should just renew the show. All right. I'm sorry, Caleb. Continue. No, I'm fine. Uh, I, I like the Fairly Odd Parents. Uh, it's a fun show. Everyone should watch it if you uh, like children's shows. <laughs> I will say I, I do prefer Butch Hartman's other show that he created, Danny Phantom. Danny Phantom's great. Danny Phantom's real good. Three seasons, I think, and several movies or specials. All right. uh, Is that it for you? That's it. All right. uh, As for me, I watched the Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx vehicle collateral uh, from 2004. Uh, I I actually remember wanting to watch collateral in 2004. Uh, The problem is, is that I was like 14 at the time or 14 or 15 at the time. uh, And it's an R rated movie. So there ain't no way my parents are going to let me go see collateral. So. The prophecy has been fulfilled 20, almost 20 <laughs> years later. I have seen collateral and it's uh, it's good. Tom Cruise is a, a fixer slash hitman for this mob guy. And uh, Jamie Foxx is a, a cab driver in L.A. And they, they cross paths and Jamie Foxx becomes his personal driver for the evening as <laughs> Tom Cruise goes around murdering people. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's actually like a, I think it's Michael Mann uh, before mm-hmm. he did Miami. No. The hell is it? Not Magnum P.I. Is it Miami Heat or Miami Vice? Miami Vice. Yeah, Miami Vice with, I think it was also J.B. Fox and Colin yep. Farrell, which I saw in theaters. Isn't that Radar? Uh, yeah, I don't know how the fuck. Well, actually, at that time, <laughs> it would have been 17, so that makes sense. Okay. But, yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, go go watch it. It's also in this, uh, I think I, t- I talked about it before with, like, War of the Worlds. It's in this weird area of Tom Cruise's career where he was taking chances on being like the bad guy yep. or like a less than good guy in movies. And now of course he has to be like pristine squeaky clean dude and all this shit and it's boring. So I actually really like this phase of Tom Cruise's career that he went through where he was just willing to put himself out there and do some really different things. Like this was also the period of time for Lex Grossman from uh <laughs> Tropic Thunder. So yeah. Uh, Go watch Collateral uh, just just to see Tom Cruise do something other than Tom Cruise. He even dyed his hair. Yeah, he went silver for it. It was great. So he went silver. He grew out like some stubble. He looked like an actual old man, and it was fantastic. Uh, And then he's proceeded to try to look 20 years younger for the past 15 (laughs) years. (laughs) Hey, Dan, um, I want to amend my... uh, uh quick hits segment okay because i remember the other thing that i watched that i go for it i had forgotten about uh because we watched it under my my wife's account so it didn't show up under my viewing activity uh we watched end of the road starring queen latifah in Luda chris it. bridges i need to watch it so bad it's in my it's on my list <laughs> it's it's all right it's it's a entertaining enough watch you know, it's fairly paint by numbers of like uh, parent fighting to get their family back and safe movie. So, like, if you've seen that kind of movie before, this is it. But does it have Fast and Furious star and multi platinum recording artist uh, Ludacris? In, in those movies. I don't think so. Therefore, this has the no. most value. Yeah. Um, so, like, 
they're moving because like uh queen latifah goes bankrupt because her husband died and like she spent all her money on cancer treatments for him and he died anyway so now like they can't afford to keep the house and the kids blame her uh which sucks uh but she has a certain set of skills uh skills that would make her nightmare for child abductors uh and you know her kid gets got so she has to go after him uh and return the drug lord's money i don't know the most interesting thing about this movie i think is the color palette cuz they could have just like had a bunch of generic looking like shots of them driving through the desert of Arizona. Yes. Or like day for night at a whole bunch of shit. Uh, but what they do instead is like, like all the exterior shots at night are lit up by like purple and blue and green, like neon lights. So like, it's, I don't know. It's like you're, <laughs> fucking going on this journey through the desert on peyote. <laughs> um, I don't know, which is uh, an interesting aesthetic choice, but eh, it's fine. It's a fine movie. All right. How cool. are you? Uh, excited to watch because I can't wait yeah. for just, just schlock. She has to fight a bunch <laughs> of rednecks and neo-Nazis, so. I mean, I figured that was going to be the thing anyway, considering that it's an all black family and they had to throw in that very on the nose thing that, yeah. you know, uh, America is just full of racists and neo-Nazis. That's right, Julio? true. You, that you live in Texas. Line? You live in you live in South in the South. You're aware of the neo-Nazis and racists. I do live in Austin, though, so yeah. you know, I'm surrounded by them, but not too close. Austin is barely part of texas though <laughs> it's a mirage right in the middle <laughs> so austin is like a bastion of civilization surrounded by texas yes <laughs> just wait it man we might flip it in november let's go just do it the world will go nuts oh my god the world will go insane um so, uh, so the second thing I watched was more episodes of Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Um, watch the show. I, I, I'm saying it now. This is the best new thing that Netflix has put out all year in terms of series. Actually, it also might be the best new thing Netflix has put out all year. Full stop. Meaning new series like, you know, Stranger Things, Cobra Kai series, season five, Stranger Things season four. Different, different judging scales here. But new in terms of new series, new movies, this is the best thing Netflix has done all year. Uh, I'm very happy about it. I need more. And I hope it's getting renewed at uh, to Doom later this week. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, and that's it. That's all I watched this week. On that note, why don't we cut into a short break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic of the week. Uh, season five of Cobra Kai. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. 
If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash netflixandswill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our, uh, and Julio, I guess. I forget we have a guest here. Uh, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week, which is Cobra Kai Season 5. All right, Cobra Kai Season 5 sees uh, the Miyagi-Do Eagle Fang uh, alliance reeling after uh, their staggering loss of the All-Valley Karate Tournament uh, and trying to pick up the pieces as uh, Daniel hires uh, legendary ninja assassin Chosen to uh, murder Terry Silver in his bed. For a full plot synopsis, let's go to Julio. <laughs> does he hire him or does he just ask him for a favor he says hey uh i know your body counts getting kind of stagnant uh do you want to come over here and kill this very old man and all yeah. of his uh children soldiers <laughs> uh i was so happy i was delighted when i listened to your most recent episode and dan finally joined those of us who have seen the Karate Kid 2 and 3, because I felt like, okay, well, now we can all have an informed conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I feel vindicated. You, yeah, you know, now now you know it's, it's a good thing that you got to see Chosen as a reckless uh, young uh, man. In, insane person, I think, is the <laughs> word you're looking for. He was young. He was young. And, and what is Cobra Kai if not about redemption? And I think this this whole season is about Chosen's redemption. Um, well, that's the interesting thing, too, when you put it that way, is that Terry Silver is, I would argue, a, like slightly less psychotic than Chosen is in uh, Karate Kid 3 versus Karate Kid 2. And they give Chosen a redemption arc, and Terry Silver's just like, you're the full-blown villain. Like, he is the first full-blown villain that we have. Like, even Kreese, yeah. to a degree, is seen as sympathetic. Fucking Terry Silver is just evil. <laughs> it's, like, it's like even Hitler cared about Germany or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. But, like, but you, you get what I mean. Like, it's it's strange to see, you know, considering all the redemption that we have, like we, we have Johnny's redemption and his, his work to becoming like, you know, not just a meme protagonist of uh, a movie that some idiot was just like, I, is it funny that Johnny Lawrence is a protagonist in this movie? He's the hero. <laughs> uh, and, and like, it's, it's better. Like, so like seeing a, a full blown villain for the first time is very intriguing. Yes, but also you could argue, if you wanted to, you could argue that he was already, like, this is Kreese's fault. Like, Kreese mm -hmm. brought back the, the bad side of Terry Silver. He had retired from being a bad guy. He was just a philanthropist in season four. And then Kreese brought him back, awoke, he, he awakened the beast. And now, uh, you know, this is where we are in season five. He's just a full-blown Bond villain. Uh, with a with a mystery plan that we're teased about for half the season before 
we know what's really like <laughs> I thought he was going to run for president or something. I, was like, I, this I is thought, bigger I thought than we were going to get something completely ever. insane. And it just is like, oh, he just wants to do this. Oh, OK, he that's... has a laser pointing you know, from the moon to the earth. Cobra Kai <laughs> will take over the world or I will <laughs> blow up the planet. We'll we'll use the tractor beam to pull down the <laughs> meteor, which I've codenamed Midas 22. um all right so we have so we have terry silver being the main bad guy we have Mm -hmm. crease in prison Mm -hmm. we have uh samantha larusso being the worst and yeah still still a shithead yeah Ah! man i've joined i've joined the ranks of samantha haters i mean there's a few moments yeah i agree she has a few moments wait Guys, wait, are you telling me that you are still hating on Sam? I still hate Sam. I don't know. She has a few moments where she's like, oh, maybe Sam's becoming a decent human being. And then she says and does some dumb shit. And I'm like, well, uh, fuck this bitch still. I I think that, yeah, she had a couple moments in the season where I was just, why can't you be like this all the time? (laughs) And then there's a lot of times in the season where she just comes across as really entitled and (laughs) immature. Miguel just screams, we were on a break. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, because refo- I'm a reformed Sam hater. I actually really? really liked her. There are There is not a single character I disliked in this in this season. Outside of the ones you're written that are specifically written for you to dislike, like yeah. uh, Kyler, for instance, the worst yeah. fucking character ever <laughs> because we hate him. Uh, but like outside of him and like silver and silver's number two, like I don't like all the people that I hated before I liked because they actually showed growth in this season and they stopped doing the same things I always hated them for. Yeah. So that's, that's like by and large, the big thing this season is like much in the same way that like Daniel and Johnny put their rivalry aside and are now like actually really good friends uh, same with like Chosen, but like the kids are doing that too. So we get like redemption friendship episodes where like Miguel and Robbie start talking to each other. And then uh, I don't know, we already got it with like Eli and Dimitri, but like mm-hmm. uh, more more of that uh, than we get like. Kenny maybe is like going to be better. Uh, still not talking to Anthony LaRusso, who, you know, kind of deserved to have his head put in the shitty toilet um, <laughs> after his many crimes against humanity. Uh, Sam and Tori, maybe there's an olive branch there. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's the biggest who's the biggest success story in this season? Out of like, you know, people that that got reformed. Is it Anthony LaRusso? It, oh no! Uh, it's it's the the Tori? eldest Larusso. It's Daniel. I I I actually really you know outside of the one episode where Crease gets under his skin because like you see it from the set or not yeah. Crease that when you see Silver when the second you see Silver you're like I I pause the episode and I'm like Ashley here's exactly how this episode's going to go <laughs> and everything I said happens like this man has the shortest fuse I've ever seen anyone have ever it's fantastic but yeah well that's why he was the villain of the first movie that's correct <laughs> outside of that episode uh daniel starts learning 
and starts doing better than he's done before. Mm-hmm. And he actually wow. picks up a lot of like Johnny's methods where like he's a little bit ruthless because like uh, he realizes that like there can be no peace. Like sometimes you just have to be a badass and like, you know, hire a karate murderer to assassinate somebody with their mighty sigh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Chosen so much. He's actually probably my favorite character in the entire in the entire season. By, is by far, Chosen is an unstoppable killing machine. Uh, we love him. We all we stand Chosen. We stand Chosen in this house and on this yeah. podcast. MVP <laughs> of the season. Uh, oh, by far. Like, it, yeah. it's actually like comical how much he's grown up over the past, what, 30, 40 years? Four, yeah, 40 years in terms of in terms of the show. <laughs> Jesus is chosen 50. <laughs> Jesus chosen is 50. <laughs> Actually close to the 60. But like, yeah, like Cho- you, you watch chosen how like he, you know, watching two, you're like, this man's a psycho. He has no honor. He has no respect for anybody. And then you watch especially him, especially women, especially women. You watch, and he comes into this uh, this season, and he is, for the most part, a voice of reason, except for whenever he thinks that Mike Barnes is about to fuck up Daniel Russo. <laughs> so he assaults <laughs> six of his employees outside, and then starts a fight with Mike Barnes in, in the middle of the furniture store. But outside of that, Chosen's great. Like the, he's he does very little wrong, uh, and Chosen can do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, uh, he's. This is it. When I look back, I'm gonna look back at this as the chosen season. That's really the the big highlight. There's a lot of stuff that just felt like familiar beats, you know, with just different coat of paint. But it's just like the standard uh, Cobra thing, and then chosen stands out. Other yeah. other returning Karate Kid people. Uh, you already mentioned Mike Barnes is back mm-hmm. from Karate Kid Three. Uh, as well as Blake Lively's sister, uh, <laughs> who apparently uh, Amanda, Daniel's wife, is her sister? Cousin. Cousin, Cousin this yeah. whole time? Which never came up before. And, and yeah. as soon as she said, they're like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, uh, her, Amanda's mom was like, yeah, your cousin's going to come by and you guys are going to hang out. And then it's fucking Robin Lively. Like, no fucking shot Robin Lively is her goddamn cousin. Did she introduce them? And it turns out she did introduce them. Yeah, so 100%. Like, the whole thing of, like, it being weird in the third movie that Robin <laughs> Lively is like, hey, I don't want to <laughs> date you. Let's just be friends. And it winds up being the best thing possible for Daniel because he finds his wife through that avenue. I mean, it's it's kind of a throwaway line, though. I wish that they had explored more of that, because you're right. That gives so much more meaning to a really weird choice in the story in, in Karate Kid 3. And here it just felt like, I don't know. I felt like there was, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel now when it comes to like the, what else can we pull from these movies? That's why I, I really hope that they move on to the, yeah. you know, the big guns for the next one. <laughs> I also really like that that connection exists because it's like that's that's the missing piece that finally gets Amanda on board with the karate murder of Terry Silver. Because <laughs> like you don't understand what a bastard this guy is. Only me, a family member, can explain it to you in a way that you understand. Uh, this man must be stopped. And then by the end of it, 
Amanda shows up and is like, Daniel, we're on. I'm I get it now. Kill this man. With your mighty Kata. I think the big thing with that is that Daniel's in so deep, like it, like she's been surrounded by him hating Cobra Kai for what? Two ish years is the canonical actual like timeline for this show, I think. Mm-hmm. So like she's just been dealing with this and she's just like, OK, so my husband's just crazy. So she goes to like Columbus, Ohio, which is about as far away as you can go from the Valley of Los Angeles. And some some <laughs> woman who is also her cousin just says, oh, Terry Silver, that man's a bastard. And, and, and Amanda's just like, wait, you think he's a bastard, too? So it's just not my husband who thinks he's a bastard. OK, got it. And everything. I think that's what it is. It's just like somebody being so far removed from the scenario saying the same things Daniel was saying. Like makes it click in Amanda's mind where she's like, oh, I probably should listen to my non-psychotic husband. Did he never tell her, though, about everything that happened in Karate Kid 3? Like, she's just hearing about this for the first time? Apparently, like, everything that happened in any of the Karate Kid movies, Amanda's hearing it for the first time throughout this series. Audience series. But in this case, because it's just, it's it happened to her cousin. So, you know, this is very much tied into the way that they met. So that's just kind of weird that it never came up. That's that's true. I think I think a sign aside from Daniel using it to sell cars, <laughs> I, I think that Amanda is only vaguely aware that Daniel knows karate. <laughs> that that might be true, but like yeah, she is like she is the glorified audience surrogate. But yeah, that is weird considering the fact that like you know Robin Lively is the one who's like, hey Amanda, meet Daniel. He's a a, a, form, a two-time former karate champion uh, and was also mercilessly bullied by this this old man <laughs> and his fucking uh, three goons, two of whom look like Balkan Skull from Power Rangers, yeah. and the other one is Karate's Badass. Kar- karate's Bad Boy, along with his henchmen Snake and Dennis. <laughs> All right, so, so Karate Bad Boy, Mike Barnes. Do you guys feel like uh, the show did him justice? Did you did you want more Mike Barnes? Did you feel like just enough? I think it was the right amount of Mike Barnes. I think he, you know, obviously he was good enough at karate when he was young that he was still a proficient fighter. But for the most part, he had just abandoned that and was just like a regular jerk off, much like Daniel was in the first season. Uh, so like his fighting isn't as technical, like it's more brutish, like, you know, he just gets in there and he's like throwing elbows and fucking like tackling people. And I like that because that's how like, you know, a regular dude would fight people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the correct amount of Mike Barnes, because I think his episode where they reintroduce him and Daniel's just like, oh, Mike, you don't hate me. You're you apologized almost immediately. <laughs> Everything's fine. You haven't held on to this for the last 40 years like I have. Yeah, like I, I think that shows like because that's like a very I think that's a very important character moment for Daniel. And that actually like goes a long way into improving his character for the season, because instead of, you know, holding on to it and having this uh, abrasion with Mike, Mike Barnes the entire time, he's just like, oh, yeah. 
Mike and I are cool now. Like we're we're good. We don't we have no animosity towards each other. It's just like I'm over it. He's over it. Uh, cool. And that's all we needed Daniel to ever do was just be fine with everything that happened in his past as opposed to be like Cobra Kai fucking emotionally abused me 40 years ago and I hated it. Like just no. Just just let it go, man. It's fine. You just needed Chris to apologize and everything would have been fine. Yeah, apparently. Uh, well, I mean, and I don't want to talk about Crazy yet because I, I, you know, we're saving spoilers for last, I'm sure. But uh, all right, Miguel's Mexican Adventure, Miguel, Miguel's two episode Mexican Adventure thoughts. I don't know. I've I found it interesting. You know, he he was in a dangerous situation, but never really was like in danger. Like they didn't really play that angle where like you know. Johnny went to find him, but it was never like, oh, he has to save him with his karate, you know? It's fine. It, yeah, it, it, it's fine. He he just goes to Mexico, uh, finds his dad, and he's like, oh, my dad's great. Why would my mom ever say anything bad about this man? And it turns out he's in organized crime. And it's like, oh, this is why she said all these bad things about this man. Uh, I don't feel safe anymore, and I'd like to leave. I need a right. Oh, there's Johnny. Yeah, there's Johnny. He found me. Thank God. Yeah, I was I was kind of underwhelmed because this was one of the big cliffhangers from last season. And it honestly, you can just remove it from this season and nothing changes. You know, it's like he goes to Mexico unless his dad comes back next season and becomes a bigger player in the story. Mm -hmm. I it just felt like we didn't really get much done there uh, because his his big bonding with Robbie doesn't come out of the Mexico trip. It comes out of them, you know, Johnny forcing them to fight later in the season. So I, I don't know. It, it was, it just felt like filler. I, was like, I, yeah. I didn't really, I was wondering, I was afraid why they were going to do Mexico that would tie into the story. You know, how do you make it not feel disconnected? And I, I never felt that it connected very much. And I, Miguel's still my favorite character, yes. him and Johnny, but uh, he didn't really get to do much this season. Uh, I don't know. He he developed a bromance with Robbie, which kind of became the heart of the show for like two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's, it is dumb and stupid because like it felt more like the trip's purpose was to get Johnny and Robbie on the same page versus mm-hmm. Miguel actually vi- like figuring out what happened with his childhood. Yes. And. And like it started a dialogue with with Robbie and Miguel, but like they didn't become friends until later when they beat the fuck out of each other because they, you know, worked through their shit. Yeah. Because uh, who fuck who did Johnny say that that, that did that where they worked through their shit? Was it is it him and Daniel? I don't think it was because yeah, feel like, like I think he said like. If me and Daniel had just been, you know, left alone to fucking sort out our shit and beat the shit out of each other, we might have gotten over it years ago. Yeah. But like, yeah, when he suggests that, it's like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, we we get the flashback to season two moment with that, where Miguel has Robbie at the, the railing and he looks like he's about to <laughs> shove him over and he doesn't because Miguel's a good kid. I wish that he had looked at Johnny and then decided not to do it. I wish he looked at Johnny and said, this is for my family, and then killed Robbie. (laughs) I am your real son. 
I'm your real son. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that scene was good. I enjoyed that scene. And then, of course, Johnny being an idiot and being like, yeah, your mom and I are pregnant. And it's like, oh, my God, congrats. <laughs> and Robbie's like, yeah, congrats, Dad. It's like, what the fuck? Why would Robbie be happy about that? <laughs> wouldn't Robbie just, like, I guess you've reconciled, but, like, wouldn't Robbie be like, hope you don't screw this one up, too? <laughs> no, but see, Robbie's cool now. Like, he he's also been reformed this season. Him, Tori, and uh, Tori Anthony LaRusso. Yeah. They're just, we're, we're cool with them now. That's the thing is, I think we're cool with just, well, except for like the remaining Cobra Kai people like Kenny, you know, he's still weird, but like we're still in a weird spot with Kenny. But like Kyler, we hate uh, everybody else in Cobra Kai. We hate including penis breath. We we, we hate penis breath in this house now. But <laughs> why would you Judas. betray us, penis breath? I don't know. Maybe because you keep <laughs> calling me penis breath. Um, so does this mean that uh, Stingray won you back? Oh, I, I'm ambivalent to him. I I never I never uh, held it against Stingray. I, I love Stingray. <laughs> he this was I think the right amount of Stingray. Yes, uh, I think I think Stingray in a lot of ways is also the audience surrogate character because it's just like guy who's excited about karate fights and like fair. doesn't care where they come from. Like he just he's just happy to be there. And to witness everything, he's you know, like, he's never he's never the main star. You know, he just just happy to be included. Did you uh, did you feel for him when he did his little Dungeons and Dragons monologue? I did. Uh, you know, he. He spoke in a language that I could understand, <laughs> uh, which is being a huge fucking nerd. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I like him. I I liked him okay. I mean, I don't need Singrick to be a full-time member of the cast, but he was here for like two episodes and it was it was fine. It was like a nice um close loop. Uh, I still, you know, but th- there's like the top-tier characters. Uh I'm still a big fan of Hawk. Uh big fan of uh, Miguel, Johnny, uh, Johnny, uh, Amanda LaRusso is also another MVP. Oh yeah, she's great. She's always great. And, yeah, uh, the voice of the singular voice of reason. Yeah, what's her uh, what's her nickname from from her glory days? Oh, uh, she has many. It's uh, what did she? What was she called? <laughs> it's not Larusso the Destroyer, but it was just no, something uh, really like uh, fucking bat. Something like the bat, hatchback home, hatch 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 or something like that. <laughs> uh, fucking bash slinging slash the bash ringing. <laughs> yeah, something something baseball related because yeah, like because she took a bat to a fucking car for some yeah. reason. I don't, did they ever say what the reason was and why she just went completely out of her mind? Yeah, but I don't know. I I didn't really care a lot because I was just like, oh, now Amanda's gonna do a karate fight, but she didn't. She she, she didn't. She got held, and then some woman was about to strike her, and then uh, her daughter has to come in and flying sidekick the woman. <laughs> <laughs> is that the moment where you went fuck yeah samantha larusso yeah. well, samantha larusso that's the connection with the next karate kid is uh samantha larusso does the fucking drop to one knee the praying mantis drops to one knee before striking and does like the flying sidekick that fucking hillary swank did so there you go 
I mean, sure. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so no, that wasn't the moment for Amanda. It was, it was just like a culmination because like, even just like, she's a little upset when Miguel is gone and that's understandable because he just kind of like left and was like, Hey, I'm going to Mexico. Uh, I'll see you whenever. Like (laughs) understandable. And then he gets back and she's like, well, you took your time. Now I need my time. And I'm like, that's also understandable. And then she yeah. takes her time and she's just like, I want nothing to do with this fucking Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, Cobra Kai shit. Like, get me the fuck out of here. I want to deal with this shit. And then she's like, wait, I love karate now that I've uh, <laughs> flying sidekicked a woman in a bar. That was great. <laughs> Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. There's a few things that I want to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to name, I guess, the the three things. And you guys can pick which one we want to talk about first. Uh, We can talk about how like power levels are completely arbitrary in this universe. (laughs) And like the most proficient fighter can be beaten by somebody who learns one cool move. We can talk about, you know, Silver's plan uh, and his group of weird senseis. And like one of them has an eye patch. So I think he might be a pirate. (laughs) Uh, And then we can talk about. The Sekai Taikai, something we've never heard about before, but suddenly became the most important thing in the universe to us. <laughs> well, I mean, that's also technically part of Silver's plan, so I mean, we may as well just get into that. So, like, Sekai Taikai is... Y- you're it's right. It's the karate tournament. <laughs> it's the karate tournament you've never heard of. So, like, it it's... Because, like, well, I guess... Sil- what Silver's plan... Is for, you know, Cobra Kai has already taken over the valley, but the, the valley is not enough. Silver is planning to take over the world uh, and then, you know, uses karate cool. dojos on a global scale as like staging points to dump nuclear waste in rivers. <laughs> Literally uh, a Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> so if they win the Sakai Taikai, then Cobra Kai becomes the karate on a global scale uh and miyagi do will be buried you know yeah so yeah uh insane plan uh but he's <laughs> he, he's going to use his uh dynatox uh ceo earnings in order to fund and sponsor the sakai taikai so that way it's in televisions across the world so everyone can watch cobra kai be the best ever yeah okay well I mean, I guess as as bad guy plans, it it just holds up as much as it can in in the universe of the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. Yeah. Uh, so the first version of this plan uh, is like you know all the dojos in the valley. Uh, Terry Silver buys them. And is like, hey, all of you uh, senseis now. You know, keep doing your thing, but do it under the Cobra Kai banner. Uh, And then Chosen comes in and kills all of the senseis in the entire valley because they're all weak babies. (laughs) Uh, Six on one or five on one. 
Yeah. In a pipe. So, <laughs> so Terry Silver has to get the greatest Korean Tongsu Do masters uh, to fly in and be his new senseis uh, to replace the ones that uh, were all murdered. Um, so like, like I said, one of them has an eye patch. I was like, you know, he has like weird swoopy to the side hair and like has like an all black suit. And I was like, this guy's a pirate. <laughs> this guy's a, yeah. this guy is just a One Piece character. You haven't watched One Piece. You can't even say that. You're not <laughs> no, allowed. I actually, I, I actually forbid I know they're pirates for or something. That. They are, but I can tell you exactly how many of them have eye patches. Is it zero? Three? It's none. Oh. None of them have eye patches. Well, then they're not pirates. Do they have parrots? They, no. Wooden legs? No. They they have they have devil fruits, which allow them to uh, have superpowers. Basically, one guy can disconnect all all parts of his body. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing that includes his penis. Uh, one guy becomes a rubber man. I also assume that means his penis. So, you know, a lot of penis based things. Yeah. So in addition to the, the pirate guy who may not be a pirate. Uh, so is this the first female villain we've had in Cobra Kai? The uh, I mean, you know, the boss of the... adult villain, probably. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Because Tori, technically, but even still, Tori's Tori kind is of more a villain. like middle ground kind of thing because she's kind ultimately of an impressionable kid. Yeah. So, yeah, not even really her. Yeah, I mean, she. She was almost as scary as Silver. Uh, is I kind of got the feeling that she was going to kick some ass and well, she kind of did. Yeah. And then, well, she, 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 you see her stepping on Tori's hand at one point, And I just went, boy, I wish that was me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, woo. <laughs> please, please hit me again, karate, dummy, mommy. Exactly. That's all I wanted. <laughs> was, was, I, please beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> all right so so as we stand now again mm-hmm. i want to like do spoilers yet but there's uh with, with spoilers we're or going to see this tournament i would assume so yeah so that's that's the next big thing like i think that the show for me there's two moments of the show source and that's uh anything having to do with miguel and journey and mm-hmm. then anytime that you have uh, a tournament going on and there's just like a one-on-one mm-hmm. fight and you're like fully invested uh, that's when I really care for Samantha Russo. <laughs> like, do right. it. You're you're, well, you're in a good team. Well, tournaments breed storylines. Like they breed rivalries. They breed storylines. Like there's so many things that happen because, like, we when and we're just in spoilers. I don't give a shit at this point. But like, okay. whenever Miyagi Do has to, or Miyagi Fang, or whatever the fuck they wind up calling themselves, uh, have to choose a fighter, they're like, uh, Robbie's been the runner-up two years in a row. Uh, Hawks won and Miguel is one. So like what who do who do we pick? And I'm even like, who the fuck do they pick here to to fight against Cobra Kai? Because you you have no idea. So but like so when they choose Hawk, it's like, well, there's the storyline with Miguel of like, is Miguel back as a potential karate champion? Uh with Robbie, it's can he finally get over the hump? With Hawk, it's you know, there's like the oh yeah, he's the champ, but like can can he finally beat him? kind of thing like 
one-on-one fights always breed like very interesting storylines and holdovers that you can continually revisit over and over again speaking of kenny because that's i think a pretty good segue to the to caleb's point about the the power levels uh i had such a hard time buying him as a threat yeah because he he learns the you know the fucking steal your soul uh (laughs) anti-breath punch uh and then nobody is able to block it for the rest of the season nobody although when he does it to Robbie, it at least makes sense why Robbie isn't able to block it because he's not focused on him at all. Like he has to right. fight off two. Uh, Robbie fights off two other dudes, and then Kenny does the silver bullet with, to to Robbie. So like I can at least excuse that where to where Robbie's getting hit by that. Well, and Hawk yeah. never saw him as a threat. So yeah, Hawk didn't give a shit. Hawk was just like, yeah, I don't care. And also, I guess like he does an illegal strike to the knee, and therefore you know you can say that it's it's more of. Uh, what we call in the wrestling business, 50-50 booking. You know, yeah. hey, this guy won, <laughs> but this happened too. So, like, you know, was it really a clean win? I don't know. Did you guys even notice or think about the fact that we got a new wax on, wax off uh, moment in this season? In the form of protect the egg. Mm. Oh, <laughs> protect the egg was good. I like that. That was a good idea. Yeah. I like when they have karate lessons that are seemingly not karate lessons. Uh, also, Chosen is a, uh, an insane person. Well, so, yeah, when he like fucking that throws that kunai at the fucking egg, <laughs> and it, it's just like, he could have hit any of those kids in the fucking head and killed them. Yeah, but he didn't, because he's, you know, a ninja master. It's Chosen. He, he doesn't miss. That's true. Chosen one! Well, I, yeah, that was uh, that that was crazy. But yeah, like that that whole thing, like you had to figure it was coming back at some point because you know, anytime you have like the karate lesson, you know, you know, paint the fence, sand the floor, wax on, wax off. Uh, wh- what what else did Miyagi have him do? I think it was like two or three where he has show him me do paint the house side side paint the house side side. Uh, the drum technique, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. All, uh, like always good stuff whenever you can w- like whenever you see that kind of karate training you know it's going to apply best karate still inside now time let out <laughs> i mean that's what we have for the everybody else we have we have their best karate yet to come with the seke tech the tech eye or whatever yeah i can never i'll never pronounce that correctly until they say it a million times sekai taikai yeah um back to silver's plan i guess uh So obviously, like Johnny, Daniel and Chosen decide that they have to kill Terry Silver. Um, Mike Barnes gets involved uh, against his will at first, and then he, you know, decides to try to kill Daniel and Johnny for ruining his life. Uh, But then they smooth everything over and then they're like, well, let's go just kill Terry Silver, the four of us together. Uh, Daniel suddenly is like, hey, maybe we shouldn't just go and kill him at his house. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest of them are like, Daniel, you've always been a pussy. Stop holding us back. Yeah. And then then they ditch him in the middle of fucking nowhere to go and kill Terry Silver. (laughs) Uh, hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. Johnny finds his strongest karate when threatened with, uh, not being able to watch his his uh 
burgeoning child grow up uh, because his his powerful cobra sperm impregnated Carmen. That was watching Johnny get his ass kicked was like kind of uncomfortable because I did actually I was actually like, maybe this man does die. Maybe yeah, Chosen man gets hit really? in the back with a katana. Yeah, I, I thought it. I actually thought there were going to be like real stakes. Like, yes, yeah, somebody will die here. Uh, I thought Chosen was going to die. I didn't think they would get rid of Johnny. I mean, I, didn't, I, I was hoping they wouldn't, but obviously they didn't. But yeah, seeing Johnny uh, taking on six yeah. dudes was uh, very impressive. I was actually like really impressed by Johnny. So like the the whole fight is like cranked up to 11 by the fact that all of the good guys are fucking shit faced the entire time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Mike Barnes doesn't even count. Like Mike Barnes gets knocked out two minutes into the fight. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause he's not a karate man. He's yeah. just regular man. Mike Barnes. Yeah. Now uh, furniture selling's bad boy. Upholstery's <laughs> bad boy. <laughs> Uh, now, Chosen v. Silver, which, which fight do you guys prefer? Chosen v. Silver or Daniel v. Silver, the, the rematch? Oh, clearly Daniel v. Silver. Like, that's the capstone yeah. of the season. But also, like, Daniel not only beats Terry Silver, Terry Silver does not land a fucking hit on Daniel. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's, it's the most hilariously one-sided fight, and it's amazing. It's everything that I've been waiting for for five seasons. <laughs> well, and, and because it's like the because we get it's basically a return of match of like the fifth episode or sixth episode where Daniel goes to like apologize to Stingray for breaking his PlayStation 4, which, uh, hey, this was filmed in 2021. Uh, please get that man a PlayStation 5. We don't need to get him a PlayStation 4. <laughs> but Dan- when Daniel goes to smooth things over the Stingray, be like, hey, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I, sh- I shouldn't have pushed you as hard as I did. And he fights Silver there, and you're just like, oh, so Daniel sucks, and Terry Silver is like the greatest karate man ever. And then you watch it go from that to Terry Silver getting fucking dog-walked by Daniel is hysterical. <laughs> well, you know that when Terry Silver tells that story, he's going to say that he had already spend most of his energy fighting Chosen. And then he just went with very low reserves to, to fight with Daniel, who had That's a his good own fault. He, he could have walked away from that fight at any moment, at any time. He, did, he, he got goaded into that fight. He pulled a Daniel LaRusso. He, he, he got goaded into a fight that was completely disadvantageous to him. That's fair enough. Uh, how do you excuse Chosen losing to Silver? Because he was drunk? Uh, drunk plus they were like let's kill Johnny and Chosen was like oh I should go save Johnny now and then he forgot that Terry Silver still had a sword in front of him. Would he have killed Silver if you know he had been into the fight for five more seconds? Hmm. It's a good question. Because I I, kind of think like he would have. I don't know like I feel like they had to make it end that way because otherwise season six ends with chosen on the run for murder (laughs) and 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 trying to like flee back to japan (laughs) season six is a trial of chosen with matt murdoch defending him (laughs) i think a fellow ninja killer (laughs) i think the problem with having chosen being the one to defeat silver kind of removes 
Like, it has to be Daniel the entire time. Like, Daniel has to finally get over Silver. And the best way, of course, obviously, is to just beat him. Like, like handily yeah. beat him. And, yeah, and he even uses the crane kick. Yeah, which is great. Great callback to the, the crane kick. Uh, also, the, the intercutting of the Silver method. Uh, yep. For, for yep. how to defeat an opponent. Yeah, the quick Silver, yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, that was great, but, like, it had to, it always had to be Daniel, like chosen beating silver would have kind of like as awesome as that would have been, like it wouldn't have hit as hard. Like it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care as much about Daniel's growth if he didn't beat silver. So having chosen, you know, get taken out because he had empathy for Johnny because, you know, friendship now uh, and letting Daniel be the one to finally defeat silver is the icing on the cake for the show. So, far. so with that same logic. Kreese has to be defeated by Johnny. Yes. When it finally happens, it's going to be yes. Johnny that takes him down. Also, like, my one hope for season six of this show is that Johnny's the main character over Daniel again. Yeah, because this was a very Daniel-centric show uh, out a season outside of, like, you know, a little bit of Johnny where he's trying to bring back Miguel and yeah. Robbie and make them brotherly and like the whole pregnancy angle. Yeah. And like for the last few seasons, it's been, it's been pretty Daniel heavy, but like, I don't know. I like it. I like the show best when it's pretty even keel between the two of them, but like leaning more into Johnny. Cause I, I just feel like Johnny is more interesting cause Daniel creates his own problems. Whereas like Johnny, like, was given a lot of problems that he's trying to solve and move past and make himself better. Yeah. Like Daniel still lives in Beverly Hills with his fucking, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like dime piece wife and 2.5 kids. So yeah. <laughs> now, did any of you have the same concern that I had during the entire run length of the final two episodes where, uh, they're out clubbing and then, uh, they're, you know, at Cobra Kai, where anytime Carmen was on screen, you were just like, boy, I sure hope no one from Cobra Kai attacks and forces <laughs> yeah. Carmen to I lose hope, the baby. I hope nobody just like runs up and kicks her in the stomach real fast. I was so worried the whole fu- and I don't even like kids. And I'm just like, holy fuck, if they do a miscarriage story in this show, I don't want that. I don't like kids, but I like Johnny and Carmen. Yeah, I don't I don't need that. A mis- I don't need a miscarriage storyline. So like when I see her in the car as they're driving to Cobra Kai, I'm like, fucking no, <laughs> not this way. Anything but this, please. It didn't even cross my mind. I, I didn't I guess I didn't expect I didn't think the show well, like, would go so dark. Even when Amanda was like, Oh, you're pregnant, we should go out and celebrate. I was like, I was like no, no way. You need no. to protect the egg. <laughs> protect the egg, please. please. <laughs> uh, okay, well then if you were expecting that, did you expect Chosen to be dead when, when we got that shot of like uh, you know No. I never expected him to be dead. I, I figured he'd be alive. I didn't. I figured he'd be badly injured. It seemed like he was mostly OK at the end of the show. But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I expected him to be heavily injured, like potentially like in the hospital requiring multiple surgeries. But right. Yeah, I expect him to be fine because like, you know, with TV now, unfortunately, it's programmed in your brain unless somebody is confirmed to be dead. 
Yeah. They are alive. Do you think that they're going to get Chosen and Kumiko together, even though uh, when they were kids, uh, Chosen held a knife to her throat? I mean, he called. <laughs> he made a phone call. <laughs> and he and he uh, said the same thing Miyagi said about uh, Yukie, which is, I made one mistake. I should have taken you with me. Yeah. Which is another callback to movies that we watched last week. Yeah, I, I want Chosen to be happy now. I think he's fully redeemed himself in my eyes, uh, and he should have redeemed himself in everybody's eyes. But like, yeah, I am fully on board Chosen being happy. Terry Silver, I want to be miserable and uh, locked in a cell with all the toxic waste he's dumped illegally. <laughs> yeah, I want I want the <laughs> I want the show to end with and then everybody lived happily ever after. Except for Terry Silver, who died of AIDS two weeks later. <laughs> you know, uh, just something. All right. Well, how about the other death fake out we got? Did you think Kreese was dead at the beginning of that? Okay, so let's. No. We didn't really talk about Kreese's whole story here, but like, uh, one of the best moments in the season is is Johnny and Daniel going to prison yep. to talk to Kreese and be like, "Hey, what's Silver's plan?" And he's like, "I'll tell you the whole thing, but what's in it for me?" So Daniel. Is like, oh, I'll go call my lawyer and give you a fair shot at getting out of here, uh, you know, before you're uh, dead. Uh, and he's like, all right, I'll tell you all about Silver's plan and like tells him all about the Sakai Taikai and all that kind of shit. Uh, and he, then Kreese is like, give me your lawyer's number. And he hands him the piece of paper and he unfolds it. And Daniel had written, no mercy, motherfucker. <laughs> There's a uh, lot of fucks in the show. And this season. I loved Daniel so much after that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, like oh, the he's, point for him. he's learning Johnny Lawrence's uh, side of things. It, it, did you guys notice that, too? There was a lot more fucks in this season of the show than I yeah, think all true. the others combined. What does he say? Uh, I think it's Daniel, too. Does he, say, does he say Terry fucking Silver or does he say yeah. John fucking Grease? It's I think he says it's one of the two, but yeah, Daniel says Daniel says something uh, fucking something. Probably John fucking silver. <laughs> and then they went to Long John Silver. The crane which, uh, fucking technique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope Terry Silver is in jail with with John Kreese and he's like, how, or, or like obviously Kreese is out, but like, you know, I hope J Terry Silver's in prison and he's recounting the story. He's like, I got hit with the crane fucking technique <laughs> at, the, at the goddamn Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Terry, er, yeah, Terry Silver, uh, John Kreese's story by and large is like him being in jail, trying to get Tori to like be his agent behind enemy lines in Cobra Kai. Cause she's still loyal to him and doesn't trust silver. Eventually, he's just like, it's not going to work. I'm not getting out of here because uh, Daniel and Johnny straight fucked me. <laughs> so, like, he's getting bullied by uh, prison ruffians. You know, he has to give them his pudding cup. Uh, the red jello is the best. Uh, so eventually he just is like, you know, fuck it. I don't. I'm not playing nice anymore. I'm just going to use my karate skills and, and murder the other prisoners. Uh, so like he gets everybody kind of falling in line under him and they all start calling him sensei. Uh, 
it's like the finale of that storyline is uh he gets shivved a bunch of times and the guy's like goodbye sensei and then they take him to the sayonara infirmary yeah sayonara sucker sinatra's my way baby. He's playing the background so you know it's serious yeah um so they take him to the the prison infirmary and it's like well time to autopsy this old dead guy uh and then cr- the the prison doctor's like you know smells the blood and then licks the blood and everybody's like what the fuck are you doing and he's like this is strawberry jello and then Crace's eyes open up and he murders all of them uh and then walks out of prison it's, it's the uh, best it's the best fucking part of the show uh the john crease is my my favorite villain ever in anything i'm so happy that he's uh he's now broken out of prison uh and can go and kill daniel larusso uh and then johnny lawrence has to go avenge him so uh that and that's the end of, like that's the closing shot of the the season and i'm fine with that being the closing shot of the season however we have the big fight at the end at Cobra Kai and of course the symbolic of the symbolic image of Terry Silver flying into the all glass Cobra Kai sense and you know him laying defeated showing symbolically that Cobra Kai is done it is over with we're never going to have Cobra Kai again um and then it's just everybody walks out uh it's it's like an 80s movie like it's like the burbs where the burbs <laughs> resolves and you know, you know, you got Kyler like art, uh, fucking art, giving a, a fucking statement to the news team. Man, it and is every- like the burbs. And, and everyone's <laughs> like, and like fucking Miguel and Sam and Robbie and Tori like walk down the road with like fucking bandages on, on on their head, and they're like blown up. And like Kenny's like, yeah, I'm not ready to talk now. Uh, and we have no idea what happened to the other senseis of Cobra Kai. Are they in jail too? What's going on with there? There's no real resolution to everything that has just transpired. It's just like, boy, that's crazy. Hi, I love you guys. And and now we kiss. And then it's just like, John Kreese is out of prison. It's like, what? Daniel, your dojo is on fire and your wife is home. <laughs> My, My wife, wife is, is home. home. <laughs> Mike Barnes, your furniture store is on fire and John Kreese is out of prison. John Kreese is out of prison. I don't think Mike Barnes knows who John Kreese is. Yeah, he does. There, there was yeah, the they, fight they scene met. in 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 three where uh, Miyagi runs oh, through all three of them. Yeah, yeah, Kreese comes back for yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah, he jumps out from the cardboard cutout of John Kreese. He goes, Bleh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so he's going to be a fugitive next season, so he yes. can't be. The guy that's going to go against them in the tournament. He's, he's going to go underground. He's going to use his, his guerrilla fighting skills that he picked up in Vietnam. Uh, he's going to get a rogue band of Cobra Kai warriors uh, to go and fight in the Sakai Taikai, which presumably happens in Japan. Uh, and he's not going to be extradited. He's going to do it, you know, sneaky style. Yeah, because, you know, he did it my way. Uh, yeah, we had to add Sinatra playing at the end because, yeah. uh, you know, Sinatra S- always Frank, a good Frank toxic. Sinatra's hit song, the douchebag anthem. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> the the uh, total incel song, My Way. <laughs> OK, but you guys didn't answer. Did you think that they'd killed him off at the beginning of that episode? 
Oh no, I knew because I knew he. They were talking about like the, they did the red jello thing earlier, and I'm like, oh, guy stabbed him a million times. That's red jello. I'm like, there's no way they've killed him. Like he's just, it's just red jello. I thought Crease was fucking dead. They fucking got me. They got me good. Yeah, I, I was like, so. man, I'm fucking bummed out. <laughs> that would be a very <laughs> shitty way for him to go. Like that's like if you were telling a grounded story of Cobra Kai. Like if you like obviously like if. You'd have to throw out the entire middle, the, the entire school fight because, like, obviously, every one of those kids would go to juvenile prison. But, like, if you were telling a, a more grounded, realistic version of this story, yeah, John Kreese would be fucking killed by being shanked in prison, which is why I knew it wouldn't happen. Well, my thought was this is anticlimactic, but my assumption was then that there had been some behind the scenes issues with the actor, and I'm like, that's why. They just reduce his screen time this season and they just, you know, kill him off. No, Martin Cove needs the money too badly. He 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 won't be killed <laughs> off like that. Uh well, I don't know what he's doing next season. I my theory was that the the female sensei that was working with Silver, she's gonna be the one that's going to lead the charge against uh the new dojo in you know in the tournament, the global tournament. Which, by the way, we don't have a name. I'm assuming that that's going to be one of the first things that's going to happen next season. So uh, recently, they, they uh, Sony announced that they're doing a new Karate Kid movie thanks to the reinterest it, uh, in Karate Kid thanks to Cobra Kai. And I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Season six is going to be the build to the Sekai Taikai. And then the movie, which will be the series finale, will be the Sekai Taikai. But then they announced, and I was like, okay, so what's going to happen is, and this is, this is my dumb fan theory until they said otherwise about how the movie is going to be fit canonically, is that the, the, the name that they decide on is Cobra Kai. And they, all, all it is is like, all right, we need to put down the name. What is it? And then the, the final shot of course is the Cobra Kai emblem coming up. And then they go into the the Sony Karate Kid movie with them being Cobra Kai. So you think they're going to stick with Cobra Kai? Despite... I don't think so. Not anymore. Uh, Not okay. because they've announced the movie has nothing to do with Cobra Kai at the okay. show. Correct. Which is stupid. <laughs> so it's probably a sequel to the Jaden one. Oh God, no! Please. <laughs> or it's uh, a sequel to the next Karate Kid. There you go. Because maybe you... it's uh, the it's about Jaden's character from the one with Jackie Chan. He grows up. He's now Will Smith, uh, and he has to <laughs> beat the shit out of Chris Rock. <laughs> Julio, oh my god! <laughs> Julio was about to take a big drink, and like he, Julio <laughs> would have timing. done a spit take if he actually had liquid in his mouth. Yep. Keep my sensei's name out your fucking mouth. Stop trying to drink, Julio. I, I have to. I'm too funny. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but yeah, that that uh, before I saw that interview, I'm like, this lines up way too perfectly. Of but like apparently they haven't even talked to the Cobra Kai creators about doing the movie. And it's just like, how how are these guys not the ones you immediately go, you make a movie now? Six seasons in a movie. We won't do it for community. We'll do it for Cobra Kai. Yeah. 
Actually, the community movie is all but confirmed at this point. I, oh, I know now, but like it took them how long? Forever. Right. But like this, it it would make sense. Like they've put out seasons like fucking clockwork. Like I, I believe they're already filming season six. What season six is at this point? I don't know. Because like assuming Cobra Kai is dissolved, what is even the conflict? Because John Kreese is Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai never dies. <laughs> I mean, at some point, here's the thing. And this is where, where I get to my negative take uh, on the show, which is that you can only keep this story going for so long if you're pretending that it's serialized. You know, if this was just like a a fight of the week show, then yeah, you could keep it going forever. But because they're constantly building on what they have before, there comes a point that even for Cobra Kai, it would be just too ridiculous for the story to keep going. And so, yeah, I give Kreese like two more season stops as the bad guy before, you know, we just stop caring. Well, maybe not Caleb, because Caleb is number one Kreese fan. But no, uh, I'll watch this show forever and ever. <laughs> like, well, yeah, you're, you're right. In terms of quality like this, for this to keep it up, it, it's it's on a, a limited timer now because we are we have expanded the scope of how everyone perceives the karate world because now it's not just you know fighting for the soul of the valley now it's like hey there's this global martial arts tournament that we are per- we are going to take part in and then from there they go to a galactic martial yep, arts tournament and then uh, <laughs> inter <laughs> an interplanar uh different realities they have to fight the uh asgardian martial I, artists I, and... I just want to point out what you're describing as dragon ball super right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah and people loved that so people people love that but yeah What's the well, fucking besides problem? the besides the tournament part of it the, the thing i think is that you there's only so much more that you can do with with daniel for example you know it's like he's I feel like he's he's learned everything he needed to learn. Like unless yeah. you completely revamp the setup of the show to where there's something else that he needs to to learn. But at this point, it's just like he can't keep making the same mistakes. Like same thing with Johnny. Johnny, like I mean, he's still you know he's gonna be a new dad, so it's a new challenge and all that. But overall, the the progress you can make with them as characters is is people. You know, there's a ceiling to that. I, I think it's plateaued. I you like, think so. I I don't I know where Daniel they go definitely. with these. Daniel definitely. Johnny, yes, he has a little bit to go, but like Miguel has seemingly plateaued. Like the only relationship that really needs to be worked on is Tori and Sam. And I feel like they're going to resolve that within season six. And it's like, where does the animosity or anything like any kind of confrontation come from? Because unless it's coming from the Tekai Saikai, or the Sekai Taikai, whatever. I'm never going to say it right. Unless it comes from that and like other schools showing up to fuck with them before the tournament, like there's nothing. So we have to just get to the tournament and then the tournament is it. Yeah, I I concur. Penis breath. Maybe he's going to be the next bad guy. Penis breath is going to take over, make a new dojo. I was just going to say, I can't wait till like 30, 40 years go by and we get uh, Miyagi Do, a show about uh, <laughs> fucking penis breath trying to get revenge against uh, Sam and Robbie's children. 
<laughs> so, yeah. Uh, anything else to say about Cobra Kai? It's good. It's a good show. Yeah. Um, I this conversation has made me appreciate the season more because I good. I was coming into it. <laughs> it's hard to it's gonna make it sound like I don't like the show, and I do. I got, I binged this in two days. You know, it's like a really easy watch. I was having a good time, and the emotional moments, for the most part, hit really well. You know that when they uh, bring Daniel out and everybody's assembled on the yard, yep. it's just gonna like come back, come back, Daniel. We're all with you. And th- that moment's great. Uh, Samantha winning the fight and getting her confidence back, even though she might be my least favorite character at this point, I still thought that was really cool. Uh, Tori and the little girl, we haven't talked about her, but uh, Devin, the, what's her name? Devin. Devin yeah, Lee. Yeah, Devin. Yeah, she's, you know, the, the yeah, little great character. story, like, you know, where they, they end up teaming up against the, what? But <laughs> you're, you're saying the moment I wanted to bring up, but they team up and then nothing happens. Like, what happens is fucking Silver walks in, and like, they, they upload the video, it plays, and then Silver walks in. So, like, we don't even get, get a resolution to them, you know, at least scoring a point against the female sensei. It's just That's like, yeah. hey, hey, uh, uh, Sam, go protect your brother. Mm-hmm. And she goes away and we never go back to them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing is like, we don't need Terry Silver anymore because Terry Silver has given us a Cobra Kai army. Yes. That now presumably Kreese will take command of somebody there's this weird there's a weird power vacuum where i uh, you could see many people taking over fuck it sato comes back (laughs) (laughs) just really old and wrinkled and just uh, you betray me (laughs) chosen i will kill you i don't know i don't know why he always did the gravelly voice it it's always good. It's like the Batman voice, like decades too early. It's like Sato definitely has throat cancer. <laughs> I wouldn't say in summation, this might be my least favorite season of the show, even though it has some of my favorite moments in it. And it's only because after five seasons, there's a lot of the formula that I've just kind of it doesn't it doesn't feel fresh anymore. And a lot of what I enjoyed in the earlier seasons was just that feeling of like, this is fresh. This is, you know, I really like what they're doing with the mythology, but this season, like I said earlier, it feels like it's, it's just running out of mythology <laughs> to pull from. So you, you really, you know, like Mike Barnes and, and uh, uh, Blake Lively's sister. <laughs> is that who she is? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's not, that doesn't carry the same punch of, you know, chosen or Kumiko or, you know all the other big guns they brought before and so i i feel that i i kept thinking and that was my my big summary at first it was like you know it really is true that familiarity breeds contempt like not always but it can and it's just like the show is doing what the show does and it's and it's good but somehow <laughs> i've just i've fallen out of love a little with it just because I already know it and I know that oh well here's a, where they throw a flashback here's where like you know this person's gonna win and then this person's gonna win it's I, I kind of know it's tricks if they had killed Chosen at the uh, in the in the finale that would have thrown me off I'd be like all right well now I'm once again not sure what's happening but I I feel like it's just 
I, I needed to, I needed, not not Netflix or the audience in general, but I needed to end soon so that they can end on a high for me. Uh, Correct. Yeah. But it's still, um, it's still a good show. And it's a show that, like I said, I can binge whenever and have a good time and enhance that good time whenever I talk to other people that like it. Because this conversation was just so much fun. Like, I, arguably even more fun than watching the show <laughs> because we can geek <laughs> out about the same things. Right. I uh I haven't really had that experience like there's there's not a sense of like getting too comfortable with the show and it not being able to like surprise and delight me anymore like I've I've been consistently like enamored of the show from from like the first frame to the last like uh, it's it's very rare for me to you know a be able to enjoy something uh like honestly and sincerely because i'm such a miserable fucking person uh but like for it to never like well i was gonna say wax and wane uh wax on (laughs) wane off get it uh it's a linguistics joke yes we did get it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My final thought of the show is this is the best season of Cobra Kai. Uh, I think I, I think the ultimate problem I'm going to have with this is if season six winds up being a letdown. Like, obviously, if season six doesn't like isn't better than this season, like technically it's a letdown. But like what I mean is if season six doesn't bring like any kind of like reasonable confrontational purpose to the show, or if like if there's no real tension remaining, because it feels like for the most part, things are wrapped up outside of like the martial arts tournament that uh, was so important. We've never heard about it before that we're going to hit a stagnant period for Cobra Kai until we get to that martial arts tournament. So that's my only worry is that we're, going to start stagnating the show just to get to the martial arts tournament when this season without a tournament did so much to improve the characters that i hated enforced why i like the characters that i do like already uh and uh gave me some kick-ass action in, which includes uh insane fight sequences for both the adults and the kids because we haven't gotten both before we've gotten good adult fight scenes we've gotten good kid fight scenes we haven't had them both like concurrently and we got that at the with the season finale yeah uh i i agree i i kind of think this is the best one well that's like we've got the leaders all alone on his island of this is the worst (laughs) season uh i i don't know i guess if it makes sense, and I actually i I am glad that you guys are, or that you, Dan. I, I think Caleb always liked Daniel, but I, to hear you, Dan, be excited about Daniel warms my heart because I oh, do I hate, think that I was hated possible. this man for four seasons. Yeah. I re- I like truly hated him because he was he was such a smug douchebag, and in this <laughs> he finally accepts that he has issues. He goes through a struggle where he has a crisis of faith. Come buy a used car. Get a free bonsai tree. 
Fuck like, you, you prick. What a fucking prick. I, I actually felt bad for him when Silver knocked it, like, whenever Silver bumps into the fucking trees. So you're just like, oh, God. I know exactly what's happening here, but this is going to be awful for Daniel. Like, I, I feel so bad for him. And then his wife leaves him because he can't stop karateing. <laughs> <laughs> just stop punching people for three minutes. Don't send Chosen to kill people. I didn't. <laughs> that is, doesn't matter that is it like, happens that is a good example for example just 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 to like extrapolate that i don't need to see that kind of friction between amanda and daniel ever again i think no. that we've we've run it to the ground and this was a good ending point for it and if it happens again next season i'm just gonna feel like we're we're spinning our we're wheels. retreading things yes yeah i almost felt that way in this season at points i, I was glad that they were able to take it in a few different you know directions but i think that that's about it you know right well and i think that's the purpose of that episode too is for amanda to finally get on board so that we we can stop having this issue yeah and this is the first time she's been pro karate yeah and, well, and like, she she had that moment in what is the season three when she slaps crease you know when it felt like yeah. okay she's taking the threat seriously she's all about crease tries to go to the cops all that stuff so you know, they had to pull that back so that we can have more friction between her and Daniel. I understand that the, the threat escalated and, you know, Terry Silver is a different monster, but it was still, you know, it's like, I've seen that before. Right. What is, what is your, I, I'm curious, is this a, is this a five-star season for either of you? Um, I have only given five stars to like six movies and maybe like five seasons of television, six seasons of television, something like that. Old Bojack. Uh, Bojack and several seasons of House of Cards. House of Cards used to be like the goat before, uh, you know, Christopher Plummer came along and fucked everything up. <laughs> I steal your joke every time. Like it, you, when I heard you and Alex use that for the first time, I'm like, that's extremely funny. I'm stealing that for the rest of my days. <laughs> but everybody should. Uh, this is pretty fucking close, Julio. It's a. It, I, I'm giving Cobra Kai four and a half, season five. And I'm giving season five of Cobra Kai a four and a half. Yeah. And Julio's yeah. giving it a one because he's a fucking no, loser. I, I told you, I binged it in two days. You didn't do that with something you're not enjoying. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't hate watch. I don't have the energy. But no, uh, but it is. This may be revisited if I ever binge the entire show. and just. But at this point, I'm at three and a half, which is still yeah, respectable. It just, you know, there are some uh, five star moments. Oh, yes. But, yeah. But it's three and a half overall. Cobra Kai season five, completely average, uh, according to Julio. <laughs> like oh, the steak, didn't care for the decor. That's hmm. all right. Uh, with that, let's get into a patron requested review from uh, Julio. Uh, Ju- Julio of the con- Contrarians. <laughs> Uh, podcast yes uh he gave us uh what the fuck is this even called uh without saying goodbye well fine if you don't want my money you mean if we watch terrible movies you'd give us money well sure mr caleb welcome to the patron review segment Uh, also known as Backpackers, according to IMDb, or original bad. title 
hasta que nos volvamos a encontrar. Uh, <laughs> Very good. Very good. Julio, how do you is, feel about that pronunciation? Anywhere close at all. That was, it sounded like Spanish. I mean, it, it, had, it sounded like Spanish spoken by an American. It sounded but... like Spanish. Hasta que nos volvamos a contranar. It's pretty good. <laughs> didn't, didn't do it right at all. Uh, is a comedy romance movie as 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, the opposite lives of a workaholic architect and a fiery artist are upended when their chance encounter in breathtaking Peru shifts their views on life. He starts caring more about life and less about the company, and she becomes addicted to what the dick did. <laughs> uh, Julio, what do you think of a movie we watched? Uh, it is... I picked it because it is famously or infamously, maybe the the first ever and only so far uh, Peruvian Netflix original. Mm-hmm. And Peru is the country I'm from, so uh, it was a curiosity. I, I I knew it was on Netflix. I'm assuming it's gonna be on Netflix forever if it's a Netflix original. But yes. still, I couldn't couldn't risk it going away without forcing as many people as I can to watch it. So uh, it seemed like a good idea to expose you to a little bit of Peruvian culture, maybe in quotation marks. Uh, a lot of tur- Peruvian tourism. I don't believe you that this is a Peruvian movie because there's not a single pan flute band in this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's none of the pon- there's no something. ponchos that that are like multicolored. <laughs> They're in the background. You just oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're just distracted by the by, the, by attractive people. The, yeah, you know the, yeah. the. I can't I can't believe these two highly attractive, uh, conventionally pretty people would be able to fall in love with each other in an exotic <laughs> romantic place. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really I'm just curious to hear what you guys thought of this uh pre-generic uh oh, romance yeah. Yeah, yeah set against the backdrop of a country that doesn't really get much of a spotlight and i mean i don't know like because see i watch it and i'm like i can tell you well this is right this isn't right as far as like the the depiction of the country but were you guys watching it as just people who are not peruvian do you watch it and you're like, okay, so this is what Peru is like? Or <laughs> oh, you... no. no. I mean, in in the same sense that I watch The Lord of the Rings and think, this is what New Zealand is like. <laughs> okay, like, but The Lord of the Rings is not trying to tell you that that's New Zealand. <laughs> I guess that's true. Like, I don't know. I, I, I missed who the production company was at the beginning of the movie. I feel like it's the Peruvian tourist board because like <laughs> all this movie is, is just like, look how beautiful Peru is. You know, hey, we're in this cool town. Look at this cool view of this, this entire town. That's why they want to set the whole hotel up there. So that everyone, everyone's like, wow, cool. Look at this town. Now we're going to go backpacking in these beautiful mountains. They, they have beautiful rivers and, and uh, hot springs. And look, it's Machu Picchu. Look at our look at our cool beaches. Look how crystal clear the water is. None of that pollution you have in the United States, you fucking <laughs> eco-terrorists. Yeah. Literally every time in this movie that they said Cusco, uh, I said 
you mean Cusco's poison, the poison specifically chosen to kill Cusco, you know, <laughs> the, the poison for Cusco, the, the Cusco killing poison. Yes, that poison. <laughs> that is a bigger sin, I think, in this movie. You don't see a single llama. And that is, yeah, that's I've been, true. Yeah, that's, I've been to Cusco several that's times. The thing. The, this is not believable that it's in Peru. There's no pan flute bands. There's no llamas. Which are the two things that I know about Peru. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I also, Julio's of... not in it because that's the yeah, third Julio's thing, not I guess. In There you uh, go. The fourth thing that we know about Peru is that Jonathan Frakes likes to narrate over UFO videos that were shot there in the <laughs> 90s. Mm, that's true. <laughs> no UFOs and no Jonathan Frakes in this yeah, movie. That, yeah, that was actually the, probably the worst part is no Jonathan Frakes and no UFOs. Uh, you're not wrong about it feeling like it's a, a tourist video. Like that is the the main that seems to be the main concern of the movie, just to sell you Peru as a tourist attraction, a tourist destination. Well, like the conceit of the movie is, hey, how do we make Peru more touristy while maintaining its national identity? And the movie would tell you it's impossible. Right. <laughs> well, the what the main female character says. Yes, the tourism isn't what makes Peru Peru. It's the culture and the people. And it's like, yes, but a person staying in Peru for two weeks isn't going to experience <laughs> the culture and the people. It's the person going to Peru for two weeks is going to experience the cool places that they've seen in this movie. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really weird that I mean, I don't just on a pure like storytelling filmmaking level. I just don't care much about the the big conflict here because i find her like the defender of the country defender of the, you know the spirit the soul of the country and cusco it just i just find her grating she i think she's very like yeah. self-righteous look at, look at what a quirky free spirit i am yeah in and the guy he you is can't yeah, help but fall in love with me because course. i'm so quirky <laughs> and free spirited yeah look at me a woman having original thoughts she seems to forget <laughs> conveniently, very conveniently, that he wants to build a hotel. Though once they they hook up, you know, they once they hook up for real, they they have sex. Then she finds mm -hmm. out that he wants to build a hotel. They get into a fight. She doesn't want anything to do with him. She takes him on a tour anyway, and then they fall in love. And then it's like she forgets. She decides to not think about the fact that he's still building that hotel. Yeah. Right What's well, proximity and then, love? And then at the end of the movie, she decides that she can love him because he decides he's not going to build the hotel. <laughs> Somebody else might, but not him. He's ready right. to embrace. Yeah, like you stopped nothing. Like the corporate juggernaut is still going to steamroll through your town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the, the main problem, though. Aside from just the, the story and the, the way it's told, it's just that... You show this as a Peruvian movie, but it doesn't really feel like a Peruvian movie. It just feels like a movie shot in Peru. It, that is a big distinction. The there is Peruvian culture there in the background, but the movie is not about those people. You know, the people that are actually running the the hostels and the people that are, uh, you know, organizing those parties for the tourists. Like the yeah. the movie is about the tourists. It's about the guy from Spain that came to build a hotel and about a backpacker that kind of like hangs out with her aunt you know, for a couple months, but then she's going to move whenever. So it's on one end, it feels like such a waste. You you get this platform, you're making a Peruvian movie for Netflix, 
but you don't really make it about the average Peruvian. You just make it about the the vistas, the landscapes, and then to privilege people that happen to you know take a tour uh, through three or four cities in Peru. Uh, that's kind of a waste. And then on top of that, it's not even good. You know, it's just it's not even a generic uh, romance. It's just a romance that doesn't make uh, much sense. That is right. my read as somebody who has seen other Peruvian movies that. I feel like at least try to say something about the country. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you know, you guys, do you find it more exotic just because it's a, you know, and th- therefore that keeps it more interesting? No. No, I found this to be uh, extremely generic. I don't want to shit on your country, but like, I've never, <laughs> I've never been like, man, I really wish that I could go to Peru. You know what I mean? Like if somebody was like, hey, why don't you go to Peru? Here's like a ticket. I'm like, yeah, obviously I'd want to go to that, but I'm not like sitting here like, man, the thing that's keeping my life from being complete is that I haven't gone to Peru. That's because you hadn't seen this movie yet, Caleb. True. That's true. <laughs> now you know you can go fall in love. Now well, I, I mean, can I can go and fall in love and whenever somebody where I'm about to enter Machu Picchu and somebody is like, Are you ready to meet the Peruvian wonder? I can say I thought that I had already met her. And then she'll swoon. <laughs> Did you guys do the dub version or the subtitles? Oh, subtitles always. Oh, dubbed always. <laughs> Good. We got both. I, I can't stand people speaking non-English languages. Uh, I think that it's uh, an affront to my culture. Meanwhile, I can't stand people's lip movements not matching the words they're saying. <laughs> but what did you do with the musical numbers, Caleb? Did you just mute it? Oh, God. I don't know. I was playing my Nintendo Switch, so <laughs> I was ambivalent to it. I, I hated that fucking piano sequence. It just it was so unnecessary to everything that was happening. Like, I get like her friend doing her music. I can't remember what the, the music was called, but like that was like, OK, there's like some Peruvian culture here. But then just doing like this fucking song, it's just like, Why? Like, I, I don't want to sound like Paul here. Just be like, why are you singing in this movie? But like, <laughs> the song serves exactly no purpose to the narrative. Uh, yeah, when I was talking to Alex about it, I, I told him the song is not even a Peruvian song. It's a song from Spain. And I guess they could try to justify it by saying that them singing together a song from Spain, it's supposed to reinforce the idea that they're coming together, you know, two countries coming together, two, two people coming together. But overall, it's just like... I don't know. You know, they just want. I, I don't get what. Yeah, they, 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 they licensed the song point. and they were like, "We have to have this in the movie." That's yeah. like now. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, uh, movies and TVs and stuff always make like, you know, French or like Italian is like the the sexy people like a language that like you know. I don't know. I think I think that uh, Spanish has, you know, its own kind of flair to it. Yes. I don't know. It's like it's it's at once familiar and exotic, and that's enticing. Sexually. Thank you, Caleb. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb, can you say the name of the movie again, please? (laughs) <laughs> hasta que nos volvamos a encontrar an encontrar I'm fucking bricked up right now fucking turgid <laughs> encanto um, <laughs> well here's your homework uh, both of you 
you need to find an American movie that does the same thing for America or for a state. Because I couldn't like right off the top oh, of my head. Oh, there's yeah. that's not possible. Uh, America has no culture. <laughs> but there isn't. There have to be. I, I mean, it could the be just that only culture that most Americans have is uh, the COVID virus. <laughs> your stance on COVID determines your your culture. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like bacterial cultures. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. I was wondering if there was an equivalent, uh, something that just is, you know, a movie that's just designed to tell you how cool this place is in the United States. Uh, huh. The Warriors? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Makes know. Makes Coney, Coney Island look pretty cool, I guess. I think New York might I have. I think about it. Like, New York and movies. L.A. have so many love letters to them. Like, yeah. I'm sure you could pick any of them. But like, find find something that's not either of those places. That's the real challenge. That's that's true. Yeah, maybe um, Louisiana. I think. With what Forrest Gump? <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a uh, Louisiana Vegas. I'm thinking of like big party places that are celebrated just for for being there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I see what you're the, saying. The Hangover, famously like a pro Vegas <laughs> tourism movie. Actually, it kind of is, honestly. Hey, you yeah. can run it to Mike Tyson in Vegas. You can yeah, steal his get, tiger. Come get punched by Mike Tyson. That's culture. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, in Spanish, C- come to America, get shot three times. <laughs> Um, all right, so in Spanish, give me your your ratings for. I haven't taken Spanish uh, in years. Ain't no fucking dos. shot. <laughs> uh, trace. It's it's completely average. That is that is incredibly generous, Dan. You're in a good mood today. No, uh, generous. Uh, if if something's generic, it gets the generic average rating of three. Yeah, well, yeah, like I, it was cute enough. I I liked their back and forth. I liked his back and forth with with her aunt. I thought you know the characters were the three main characters that we actually cared about were all to a degree charming, but it is like a very commercialism. Hey, please come to Peru. Please come stimulate our economy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I did not find her charming. I love the mm-hmm. aunt. The aunt, I know her as, a, oh, as yeah, an actress great. from Peru, from other things. <laughs> Sexy Peruvian singles in your area are waiting for tourists. Hey, she uh, she has Tinder. And they have Uber. Did you guys notice the name of the Uber driver? I did not. Uh, his name is Uberto. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, with all that, still one and a half stars. Oh, uh, my God. This is not it's I don't, I, I don't care. You're, you're allowed to hate whatever you want. But like my I'd never have expected that. If there's ever a, a better Peruvian movie on Netflix, trust me, you guys will watch it. That, that'll good. be my next pick. Yeah. But who knows when that will happen? I'm, so I'm just looking because they actually did get a Peruvian actress to play the Peruvian because like normally you would see like. You know, because he is a Spanish actor, and mm-hmm. you would guess like potentially she is also a Spanish actor, but no, she is from Lima, Peru. 
No, so, yeah, she's she's Peruvian. Yeah. So like, good. I'm I'm actually happy about that. Like that. I know that's like a little thing, and I like representation. Like it's a take it or leave it kind of thing. But I am glad that they got a Peruvian actress to play so, a Peruvian person. Is it is it a normal thing in Peru for? Uh, a girl and her aunt to speak in explicit detail about their sexual trysts. That's funny. That's exactly what Alex asked me. (laughs) (laughs) Like verbatim or (laughs) pretty much. He was like, so does everybody in Peru talk about sex like this? And I mean, Peru is a very conservative country. Uh, I think it's, it's grown a little more liberal in the years since I left, but it's still, mostly oh, conservative so but uh cusco because it's such a hub of you know tourism and activity and overall i think that that's if you're going to talk to your relatives about sex it would be there you know like somebody <laughs> that's there and just sees a lot happening so uh, so what you're saying is it's the austin texas of peru <laughs> yes <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good way of putting it yeah go to peru tell me your adventures there all right well sure all right uh julio thank you for coming on the show uh this supersized netflix and swill episode where we talked about cobra kai for a long time and then talked about the greatest tourism commercial we've ever seen (laughs) yes thank you for having me always a pleasure tell everyone where they can find you uh you can find the contrarians on every podcatcher ever made you can check our website we are the contrarians.com and you can talk to me on twitter at contrarian prime you can talk to alex at contrarian alex that's it all right, all right. yeah thanks for coming on keep austin weird uh i can't <laughs> wait to tell my aunt all of the sordid details of our tryst here and uh <laughs> you have to do it in spanish though uh tango un gato en los pantalones <laughs> tu mama se el amon con mi perro are you are you getting hot and bothered, Dan? Oh, extremely. Uh, uh, I have an hard feeling in my pants. <laughs> uh, I've burned out the two Spanish phrases that I know. Donde está el baño? <laughs> Donde está la biblioteca? It's all I go. got. Those are my Spanish phrases. <laughs> all right. Uh, next week on the show, we are watching the Allison Janney vehicle, Lou. Uh, and after that, I have no idea. Hmm. I mean, I have an idea. I just don't know if you want to do it. I'm out of also, Karate Kid movies to foist on you, so that's it's true. Uh, so I want to do Cyberpunk Edge Runners mainly so I make Ashley watch it because uh, in the first <laughs> five minutes, there's some woman on top of another man with her boobs flopping around, uh, and I really want to watch that. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to make you watch Do Revenge because it's a movie that somebody decided to call Do Revenge and leaned back in their armchair and said, nailed it. I added it to my list. Uh, I'm ready to watch it. So give it to me. Yeah, okay. So uh, we're going to do Do Revenge. (laughs) Do Do Revenge, which is uh, what Kenny did to... Anthony on Cobra Kai season five. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Uh, it is. Well, as, uh, as for us, you can find us at netflixandswill.com unless we get DMCA'd by Netflix again, in which case, uh, who the fuck knows where you'll find us after that? 
But uh, yeah, check, check us out there uh, and all the podcasts that are uh, available on that website for now. Uh, thank you to Space Builder for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is the taste of the toilet water that Daniel's <laughs> kid got his head put into. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying, uh, I hope that you've enjoyed your time and you can go and relax and wax off. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.